Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In Depth. What's up folks, JD here, just finished up Monday Night Football. We're in the studio late. Great football game. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Chicago Bears 29-27. to And it came down to the wire. It was a really tight ball game. Early on, we thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were running away with this. But the Bears kept chipping away. And I wanted to talk about two guys, one on each side. Let's start on the Bears side. Justin Fields, man. I'm really high on this kid. He played really well tonight. 17 for 29 passing 291 yards and he threw for a TD. I'm seeing pocket poise with him. I'm seeing him use his legs when needed. I'm seeing him roll left and roll right and be effective rolling both ways. I think he is going to be a real threat in the National Football League, and we saw some of that tonight on the road against a really, really good football team. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, no, they're not the best team in the AFC, but they are always right in the picture, and it all starts on D defense with them led by T.J. Watt. I really thought Pittsburgh's D came up when it mattered most, you know, throughout the game, limiting the Bears to three points instead of the Bears punching it in for seven. But Fields, I mean, steps in the right direction. Baby steps, as Lewis Riddick says on Monday Night Football. That's what you need. You're not going to accomplish it all in year one. But year one, you want to make strides in the right direction. Have that pocket poise. Do not panic. And do not turn the football over. He had one pick tonight. If you ask me, it wasn't completely his fault. And the TD pass was outstanding. He rolled left through right. I love when quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, throw TD passes where only the offensive player can make the play. Fields' TD pass, it was either going to be caught for a score, it was going to be incomplete. No chance of a pick in that play, and I like when young quarterbacks don't make those mistakes early. If you make them now, you might make them later. If you start in front of the eight ball instead of behind it, good things are going to happen here on the football field. And Jay Fields is outstanding. We know he can pass. We know he can run. So shout out all the fans out there, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Your quarterback is pro ready and he's delivering on Monday night football. Talking a little on the other side of the ball, Najee Harris, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, guys, is really impressing me. He hits holes, he's patient, and he's hard to bring down. They were joking with him on a pregame interview. Najee goes, I like getting hit. I embrace it. I bounce off contact, and it's tough to get me down on the turf. A lot to be said about a kid like that, a tough runner, a running back that is perfect size for our league. Good speed, tough, can hit holes and can bounce outside. He's like a triple threat. We know Big Ben around this league a long time, but I feel he shows moments of greatness, and then he shows moments of, I'm not sure if Ben should keep playing. I want him to meet in the middle, you know. I feel Ben's got to play turnover-free. He played turnover-free tonight, but he's got to continue playing that way. And I think he's just got to be a little more accurate. He's throwing a little behind receivers, a little in front of receivers where they have to come back to the football instead of uh, Big Ben leading them in stride. 
there's a lot to be said, guys, about Ben and the way he plays. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-3 and three and are heading in the right direction defensively and offensively, but I just want to see Ben get a little better, just a little more accurate. Mike Tomlin believes in him, guys. His head coach, of course, he thinks Ben can still play. Ben comes to work every day ready. If he delivers and Pittsburgh stays in the win column, then Mike Tomlin was right about keeping Big Ben around as the starter in Pittsburgh. So yeah, that's wrapping up the Monday night game. It was terrific. I wanted to transition into the taunting call. What's going on in the NFL? So guys, there is a difference between having fun playing the game and going at an opponent saying I'm better than you or expressing that on the field. I think refs are blowing the whistle, throwing the flag too early. Let these guys have fun. Let them enjoy and celebrate when they make a game-winning play or a game-deciding play. I think that's huge. I feel like the late taunting call was not a good one. It really wasn't. It was a questionable taunting call. They were saying that the Bears' defensive end was shouting and taunting towards the Pittsburgh sideline. That was not the case. He might have made a gesture in that direction, but that shouldn't be the deciding factor to win or lose football games. It's got to be based on football and skill and what goes on out on the field football-wise, not extracurricular-wise. So I think refs got to get that right. I was bothered by the call tonight, and I'm in the studio Monday. You guys know I released Tuesday, but I was a little bothered coming into this because I feel... You know, football players, they're just enjoying themselves out there. They really are, folks, and now can't enjoy and can't celebrate or else they'll pay the price, and I think that's wrong. I do agree with when someone makes a catch and they throw the football after the play at the defensive player or do something of that nature, I get it. But just having fun, celebrating, that's what football's all about. You know, making plays, enjoying them. It's a team sport. You're going to get excited. So uh, to the refs out there, I'm not knocking you, but I'm just saying, hesitate before you blow that whistle, before you throw that flag. You don't want games to be decided by extracurricular activities. So that's a little bit of my rant there on what's been going on recently and specifically in this Monday Night Football game tonight. Let's transition over to Sunday. A few games that stood out to me. A lot of upsets, guys. The Cowboys went down. The Buffalo Bills went down. This Sunday wasn't your average Sunday. You know, you're not going to see the Buffalo Bills only drop six points again. Go without a touchdown. Josh Allen throw two picks. That's not how it goes. I mean, the Buffalo Bills had a rocky day. They lost to a bad football team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. No knock at Trevor Lawrence and company, but they are still learning over there in North Florida. And yeah, a little bit about the other games that I'll dive deeper into. The Denver Broncos win on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas has been rolling, but they snap back to reality. And I wonder if Dak's first game back after missing one was, it was a head-scratcher for him. Only 19 for 39. He did throw two TDs, but a pick, but he wasn't so accurate. And we're not used to saying that about Dak, especially this year. But he did not play last week. That always affects your mojo and how you come out on the football field that given day. And I thought the Denver Broncos were prepared. Denver is now one game over 500. I thought Teddy Bridgewater played extremely well, throwing for 249 yards and a TD. And uh, the defense played well. 
They really did play well. Dallas in this football game was never in it. They were always playing from behind. At one point, guys, it was 30 nothing Denver. Unbelievable. The final score was 30-16, to of course, but Denver was on top start to finish. And that's a shout-out to Teddy and that defense. Advancing over, my fellow New Yorkers, the New York Giants win at home. They win at home. Daniel Jones looked pretty good. The defense looked good. Evan Ingram's catching the football, and that's a good sight. We know when we see that, we are not surprised. But to a certain degree, we need to see that more. And Evan Ingram's got great hands. He's a decent blocker. He runs good routes, and he had a good game on Sunday. A lot to be said there. And the Giants beat a good football team. They didn't beat an average football team. They took out the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's big time. You know, Derek Carr, he's outstanding, but the big story was the Giants got Carr to turn it over twice, and that is usually the story of football games. The team that turns it over the most usually loses. There's plenty of examples of that. I'm really happy for the Giants. I feel like they're heading in the right direction. You know, I talked about baby steps when I talk about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. With the New York Giants, I also talk about baby steps with Daniel Jones and this young group. A team that's gone through injury. A team that doesn't always come out hot defensively. But I think steps in the right direction. Them picking up their third win. Next game being played against the Buccaneers. We know that's going to be tough against Tom Brady. But uh, as long as they show signs of going in the right direction this year, that's going to be big. Let's talk about the Patriots for a moment and stop here. I'm really happy about what Mac Jones and Bill Belichick are doing over in Foxborough. And not only in Foxborough, but they're winning on the road. And they're winning on the road big. They beat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, 24-6. And Mac Jones, a patient player. Pocket poise, young but intelligent. A high football IQ. He didn't throw the ball much on Sunday. 12 for 18, but 139 yards and a score. Yes, Sam Darnold on the other side of the football was turning it over. He threw three picks in the game, and, you know, he's showing his true colors now in Carolina. But I like New England's D prepared. I love Nick Folk, their kicker, always knocking them down. And Mac Jones, you know how high I am on Mac. He's big time. What makes him special, guys, is he doesn't try to do too much on third and six. He's okay to throw the ball six and a half yards and move the chains. That's big. Not forcing it downfield. You know, not throwing incompletions often. You know, not throwing too many picks. I think that's big, especially in a Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels system. They want long possessions. They want to maintain the football for most of the game and keep the defense off the field as much as they can. New England is heading in a promising direction. I think Mac Jones, they know, is their franchise guy. And them winning three in a row, and we know several weeks back, they lose to the Cowboys in OT. And we know against the Bucks earlier in the season, if Nick Folk knocks it down, they beat the Bucs 
Bucks by one, but they lost by two. And how about game one? They lose to the Dolphins by one. They put the football on the deck late in the game where they were just going to hit a chip shot field goal to win that one. So I'm not playing the woulda, shoulda, coulda game with the New England Patriots, but I feel they're heading in the right direction. And as I mentioned last week, because I've been talking a lot about New England recently on our show, because they are a playoff team, and I'm liking how Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels' experience has Mac Jones ready already. And that's a big time deal. So moving on, I just wanted to talk about one more thing and one more game. We know Aaron Rodgers had to sit on Sunday due to testing positive for the coronavirus. And Jordan Love came in. But Jordan Love, he played okay, subpar. I wanted to see more out of him. Uh, he threw a pick in the ball game. He threw a TD in the ball game. But he wasn't super accurate, and he looked a little uncomfortable out there. Aaron Rodgers once again proves to Green Bay they still need him. But I'm going to say one thing. When talking about Aaron Rodgers, I feel we're talking drama recently. I mean, there's more drama off the football field than on it, and he's a large discre distraction. Um, if I am Green Bay and I am Aaron Rodgers, I would mutually agree to part ways after this season. I just feel there's too many non-football issues that are coming to life and you don't want that impacting an organization for too much time. You know, that prevents winning. That prevents going on big time runs in the National Football League. And I feel Aaron Rodgers, you know, creating drama offseason within the organization, wanting more of a say, not reporting to training camp. And now we have issues of getting the vaccine and he's saying he's allergic. You know, it seems like excuse after excuse with him when it comes to things and non-football things. You know, you what I love about the NFL in which Aaron Rodgers isn't representing right now is you come out, you play football. You have fun playing the game. You don't let off-field issues come into the locker room, you know, dictate your team's future. I mean, I don't love that. You know, Aaron Rodgers could shrug his shoulders and say, oh, we're just going to lose one game because I'm going to be out this week because they lost to KC, of course. But how about your teammates that are saying, we want to have a big time year. We put a lot of work into our craft and into getting to the next level. And you're shrugging your shoulders saying, I'm not getting the vaccine. And you test positive for COVID and it becomes an issue. I'm not loving what Aaron Rodgers has been up to the last year, especially the last six to eight months. And I feel, yes, Jordan Love doesn't look like he's ready to be the starting quarterback for Green Bay. But I feel the more he learns behind Rodgers, he's already learned quite a few things under Rodgers. And I think another year under his belt of learning and getting those practice reps, he's going to be ready to be out there next year. And I feel that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, they got to move on at the end of this season and that's what Rodgers seemed to have wanted when agreeing to play this season so just wrapping that up real quick I don't want to give Rodgers too much attention because that's exactly what he wants but Green Bay deserves more than you just protecting yourself and your ego and saying I'll just be out a week and I'll be back and we'll win more games life don't work like that come prepared every week guys work their whole life to get to the NFL you don't want to destroy that for them. A winning season's a big deal. Green Bay is now 7-2 and two when they could have stepped on the gas. If Rodgers was playing this week, in my opinion, they'd be 8-1. and one. I say that because 
KC is struggling this year. They even struggled to put up points in this game. They won the game by only scoring 13. You know, the final was 13-7. I thought Mahomes struggled again. So with Mahomes having a human-like year, if Rodgers was there, Green Bay would have won. But uh, we know the off-field COVID health and safety protocols are a big deal. You have to abide by them. And even Rodgers, this is going to impact, guys, the next game. I say that because he's not eligible to report to his team till the eve of the next game. So you don't want this to ruin the Packers' season, you know, due to you not being vaccinated. I get when some people want to get vaccinated, some don't. I understand that. But the one thing I don't get, when all this money's on the line, when your team's on the line, if you're a professional athlete, it's the right move. So uh, I hope Rodgers gets it done and the Packers are able to move on in the right direction. And just wrapping up here today, I wanted to talk about the Sunday night game. We'll do our thing and move on, and we'll talk again next week. But Ryan Tannehill is impressing me with being a captain and leader of that offense. The quarterback position comes with so much more than just making throws. It's about having command. It's about checking all your reads. It's about making the right play. It's about, you know, that pocket poise, knowing when you should take off and run. And I think Ryan Tannehill's coming into his own. Think about it. The Tennessee Titans are 7-2, and two, guys. And the defense looks outstanding, limiting the L.A. Rams to only 16 points in L.A. Really, really impressive. And without King Henry, you know, the Titans could have felt bad for themselves and said, we don't have King Henry. We're not going anywhere this year. But Ryan Tannehill has a command of this locker room. And guess what? He said, King Henry he's going to be with us in our hearts. We're going to play with a chip on our shoulder and we're going to play for him. Look at the game without King Henry. They win on the road against the LA Rams. In my opinion, the LA Rams are one of the best teams in football. Of course, I have a ton to say about Mike Vrabel and you guys already know that. A former teammate of Tom Brady, someone who brings it every given day, coaches his heart out on the sideline. One of my favorites in the game, along with Pete Carroll and Coach Bill Belichick, as we all know. But a lot to be said about the Titans, from the coaching staff to the starting lineup to everyone who brings it within Tennessee and the fun city of Nashville. It's just terrific. And I just wanted to wrap up stating that football is not a science. It's an art. You got to get a feel for the game out there as an NFL head coach. You know, I look at Brandon Staley, head coach of the LA Chargers, of course. He gets trigger happy on fourth. And I like it early. I like it in situational football. You should go for it on fourth if you're on the road, if you're playing from behind. But you don't always have to stick exactly to your plan and play by the book. You get a feel for that particular football game. That's why I talk about it as an art, not a science. You got to mix things up. You got to sometimes go against what you think. And when I say go against what you think, a lot of coaches around midfield, fourth and one, game's tight. They're saying, don't go for this. If you have confidence in your punter to pin them deep and you uh, know that your defense has been getting the job done that particular game, you punt. If you feel the offense is rolling within that possession or that game and it's fourth and short around midfield, you go for it. I like to state things like that because even Bill Belichick talking about the greatest to ever do it. He plays situational football. You know, when he has confidence in his D, as I was mentioning, punt it deep. He has a ton of confidence in Nick Folk, so he wanted to see him kick it against uh, the Bucks, the Tom Brady homecoming, and it was off the post. But that particular play in that situation, Bill Belichick thought that's the game-winning play 
that's the best chance they have to win the football game. And I agree. I feel the best coaches to ever do it view it as an art. And I think these young coaches like Brandon Staley, I even see it, you know, with Sean McVay sticking to his script because he's such a smart guy with such a high football IQ. But I'm seeing with some of the young guys that they're treating it as a science, you know, looking at football as analytics and not situational. I just wanted to wrap up today talking about that football is a great game. You got to act on the run. You got to see what the situation is and give yourself and your team the best chance to win the football game. And that is exactly how you do it. You get a feel for that particular game. It might not be the way you drew it up in practice on Thursday. But when you're out here on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, when these guys play football, you got to see if you're playing from behind, playing with the lead, playing in a tight game, going against a great quarterback so you don't want to give the football back to them and try to prolong drives. That's what the great game of football is all about. So I just wanted to wrap up here today with the simple quote of football is not a science. It is an art. I love y'all. I'll see you next week. J.D. out.